Boom. Welcome to an episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Jordan and myself are sitting at uh, the camp at Kudzu Bluff. It is 8.14 in the p.m. But at least it's still Monday. December the 28th. December the 28th, 2020. Two more days. Holding on. Three more. How many? Is there 31 days in this month? Hang on. I don't know. I don't either. Yes. Oh, we got three more days. Yeah. I was about to say holding on to 2020, but I'm not. I'd turn loose of it today if I could. Well, I mean, it's supposed to magically turn better on the first, right? Isn't that the way it works? <laughs> I was talk- who was I talking to about that the other day? I was said, I can't remember who it was, but I was like, I'd be lying if I said, because I- I've never really been, at least in the past couple of years, well, shoot, the past couple of years, I've been like on, last year, me and you were hunting on New Year's Eve. I had a New Year's Day too, and the and the two years prior to that, I was at Cottonmouth on New Year's Eve, or at least one of them, because me and Troy were moving equipment across the levee. Yeah, that was a year before I started, so you but, had, yeah. But the whole point is, I'm I am more excited about this New Year's than I have any New Year's in a long time. Not that I really expect 2021 to just make it magically better, but golly, well be good to put that one behind us yeah i'm ready to learn a new mark on when i'm writing a check <laughs> take a couple months write down that new number i remember when i was in uh elementary school you'd have to if you were doing like a worksheet or something you always had to write your name and the date and when the new year would come around it always messed me up so bad oh yeah takes you three or four months to get used to writing a new number then you're like well, this year's about over. I better get prepared to write the new number for 2022. Not to age myself too much, but, like, I can remember when it turned the year 2000, and I was, like, having to remember I didn't have to write 1990-something anymore. I had to write 2000. I don't even think I could write. Had Probably to. not. You didn't start talking until you were, like, five or six. Well, I was 10 then when it turned 2000. So yeah, I was just beginning to learn to write my name. Probably just, yeah. At that age, at age 10, they were finally able to make out some of the words you were saying. My words were like my talking. You couldn't understand whether I wrote it or spoke it. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think. We haven't talked. The last podcast that came out was... You didn't want BC, though. BC, yeah. And uh, I'm just trying to think of like what all goings on with deer hunting has occurred. A lot. <laughs> since the last time we got on here and talked to deer i mean well, a lot yeah it's been we a lot i had the i've seen the most incredible hunts i've probably ever seen in my deer hunting career this last week yeah i mean yeah. some good things happened um so as like the theme of all you know all the deer hunting episodes we've done prior we've talked about you know obviously we are at this new place kudzu bluff yeah and that is where we have spent the bluff the bluff on the bluff come party know. at the bluff i don't yeah do that do whatever every, at the, the bluff i wish the deer would make a party at the bluff <laughs> they are not at the bluff right now they are not the bluff is uh was was slow today the bluff was slow today um they are partying elsewhere but the thing that the thing that happened is so we had it was like right at early december the bluff was popping bluff bluff was popping baby they were getting ready for the new year they they got their they got their months messed up and started celebrating 
the first of December and rather the first of January. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I remember the first, like, December 1 or the first time I sat in December, me and T-Roy over the, we called it the Lakeview Patch. And it has nothing to do with my name. It has everything to do with you're looking at the big lake while you're sitting there. You're viewing the lake. You're viewing the lake. So Lakeview. It's about as much creativity as Big Buck Ridge. <laughs> but the first morning, like, well, I was at the Lakeview patch, but it was like watching the crystal dro- ball drop at Times Square. There was deer everywhere. Yay. Bucks chasing and grunting and doing the thing. I was like, man, this is awesome. And then it quit. Well, but just because I know we haven't talked about this on here yet. The yeah, rut. the week that yeah the week that it was crazy was the week i got out of my little quarantine stint thing correct and nobody's heard about none of that no they haven't heard about that and they have they also haven't heard that the rut at kudzu was popping so good that jimmy old jimmy jam mr jimmy himself grunted in a buck and killed it well yeah there's been a lot go on here we We haven't talked about that we need to get in discussion we We, haven't talked about that we've been slacking yeah we have i've been slacking why you be slacking that's what i do tighten your belt up get slack out tighten the belt get slack out and this when i get man i I can get down like a flat tire when we get deer hunting this much and i'll be forgetting stuff or turning in podcast a day late but this one's not late it's still gonna come out on monday it's just gonna be a little yeah. ladder in monday all right well let's pick up where we left off then last time i talked to you we were facetiming or Skyping. yeah you that you were on quarantine yeah well the next day jesse went and got tested and she was negative for the second time in a row so we said we are good mm-hmm. and i went and got tested and i was good mm-hmm. so i cut loose headed north yeah showed up here and me and brad took up where we left off that is correct i'm trying to remember what happened that day uh brad and i did brad kill a deer maybe i don't don't remember remember. i don't remember but anyway i know the next day what happened what happened next day brad and i were walking in to climb a tree there it is yep okay okay yep down with that a spot that you and troy had found so a bunch of sign in there and y'all had a camera on the scrape saw a couple Mm -hmm. good bucks coming in and out of there Mm -hmm. So Brad and I had our climbers. We're walking to the tree. Brad, uh, we stop at a spot looking at a tree. And if y'all know me and you know Brad, we're both very decisive about where we want to be. And me and him knock heads sometimes. Yeah. Because he wants to be in a certain tree and I want to be in a certain tree. And we're just kind of boom, boom, boom. It's an accurate statement. But uh, he was 30 yards from me looking at a tree. And I was looking at a tree 30 yards this way when jordan and brad hunt together i will not even be involved in the hunt and still get stressed out <laughs> listening to the two of them talk well i want to go here well i want to go here well this is the reason i want to go here yeah well the wind's doing this so we should go here <laughs> we'll sit over and look at the map for an hour i know i've seen you do it i'm like we i'll just sit down it's work though yeah i'm not saying it hadn't nothing said it didn't work i just said it stressed me out when we eventually come to a decision on where we want to go sometimes it works and then brad will go he'll go that's it that's where we're going got it and he'll go sit down five minutes later he'll go what do you think about this i don't know he'll walk back (laughs) over a map i'm like gosh almighty (laughs) but uh anyway we 
like that day it was a no-brainer man yeah. him, we neither neither one of us ever been in there it so had it's, to it's very a, odd it, that we even went it had to have been a no-brainer because y'all went to a spot based off of a suggestion that me and troy gave y'all and brad is not one to go to a spot that he has not personally looked at yeah so i was like huh what do you know he's gonna go <laughs> all right we were walking down this little old logging road and there's two ponds there, like old cow ponds. They're mm-hmm. like little. Yeah. But it made a little funnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at a tree by the pond. The wind be blowing over top of it. And Brad's like, I think I need to be 30 yards over here to get a better shot of that trail. Yeah. And he walks over there going to look for a tree without both of us stinking up. You know, he's sure. just going to creep over there. He dropped his climber stuff by me. And uh, he had no more got over there and was looking at the tree and we heard <laughs> that was my rendition of a grunt i was about to say you better explain what you were hearing because they might not pick up on i that. look up i'm running the camera this whole time look up and there's a doe just booking it towards us and she comes in between me and brad yeah that footage is pretty wild like closer to brad than she is to me she's like 10 feet from brad mm-hmm. and she runs by never knows anything in the world's happening yeah and you could hear the buck behind her. I mean, yeah. dogging her. This is the first week of December. Yep. I ain't used to seeing this. Neither am I. Yeah. And uh, the buck comes running in between me and Brad. Nice shooter buck, of course. N- neither one of us were prepared for any yeah. of that. And he was between y'all. And you couldn't have shot him anyway. I don't think you could have made him stop. Yeah. But anyway, after that happened, Brad does not find the trees wanting to get in over there and we don't want to get in my tree that i see over there so we continue down the ridge why don't you want to get in your tree or did brad not want to get in that tree yeah gotcha uh, okay. it was what we already discussed gotcha gotcha, gotcha 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 we you know took 10 minutes to figure out we didn't want to get in that tree but uh start easing down the ridge and we see this tree me and him are both like that's the one that's the tree and so we start easing to it get to the base of it and i look up on the the ridge and there's a buck coming down. I'm like, Brad, there's a buck. Yeah. Yeah. Get your bow. <laughs> and buck starts coming towards us. And, like, Brad gets his climber off his back, gets his backpack out, get his he gets his release on, takes his bow sling off, gets an arrow in the bow, and by that time the deer's at, like, 35 yards and walking angling by us. Mm-hmm. Brad draws back, deer stops. He sees us at 30 yards. Brad shoots him. Funk. Craziest thing I've seen up to, up to this point. Yeah. Or anyway, long story short, he got him a six point. Big old six point. Six. Shot him on the ground. Uh, pretty. It's pretty dang Big cool. Old six points. Pretty dang cool. Six hunt. point season. It. Uh, I remember because now I'm, I'm. It's all coming back to me now. That was when Jimmy first got to camp that day. Yeah. Jimmy's first hunt was that afternoon. Me and Jimmy had like no like had just gotten settled in the blind like not long ago at all and the phone rings and it's brad and i'm like if brad is calling me right now either something is wrong or he's killed a deer yeah and i knew you know that like i was talking about that morning hunt at lakeview when me and troy had seen all those deer and they were chasing everything i knew that was a real possibility because i knew that was going on and you know we had seen that spot and i was like crap you know so i answered the phone and brad told me what happened 
I thought he was messing with me at first. Yeah, like, I remember. Right. He was like, you serious? I was like, all right, maybe you killed a deer. You had me until you was talking about you were on the ground and had to get your climber off your back. I was like, I don't know about all this funny business. But it turns out he was not <laughs> lying. The, the funniest part, I could hear Jimmy in the background going, what? What? What are they doing? Oh, he, dude, he was, he was fit to be tied after that. Where are they hunting? Why aren't we hunting closer to there? Are we going to see, see deer chasing over here? I was like, Jimmy, yeah, <laughs> you know, just, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be in them, we'll be in them. So yeah, that that worked. And well, it worked out well because if you remember, so that happened that afternoon. The very next morning is when Jimmy killed that one, yeah, that, that eight point. And this is so we again, like so, Kud, we were at Kudzu East. We've talked about Kudzu West and Kudzu East. We were at Kudzu East, and we don't have like we're we've talked about how much we're learning this place all together but the, there's a lot of places where we just don't have stands up yet or anything because we just we haven't put the puzzle together yeah and then, like the way we all came to an agreement on is like there's no point in going to put a stand up for just the reason of putting a stand up yeah yeah we got to figure like i think we all came like it makes perfect sense you know you go in these spots, hunt them, running gun kind of style hunting, not running gunning, but you know you more sticking mobile. to moving. You're yeah, sticking more to moving. mobile, yeah. And uh, you know you make a hunt here one afternoon, next morning you hunt somewhere else, and that's, it's been working. We're learning yeah. this place that way. So, so the way I'm trying to frame all this up to, for, for, I guess just for more understanding of the listener, like because you know you talked about the the pond spot where y'all killed that six point. It was such a it was one of those spots when you get down in there it just makes sense for why it works you know yeah. that little funnel and then you're i'm not sure if we talked about this you're also when you're coming down the hill headed to the pond you're kind of in some big open timber and then you kind of rolls up on the levee and you can see the timber change is so defined it goes from that more open timber to this smaller stuff that just looks like really really good bedding area yeah it's pine plantation yeah and so i mean so that spot just made sense so fast forward i'm I sidetracked a little bit there so where jimmy ended up going troy and i had been over there it had been a few days prior maybe the prior week um but while we were going to this other spot we were going down the little dim road headed down there and when i say torched with scrapes i'm talking like i i was like oh my gosh look at all these scrapes yeah they were like every 15 yeah. yards i mean like every tree that you could say well they could turn that into a licking branch and make a scrape right there it had a scrape yeah that's and pretty so impressive yeah and so i didn't want to just i wanted to figure the place out and so we took that little um surround view pot stakeout blind and i said i'm gonna i'm gonna get in there this, well, this was my method anyway, and I didn't I didn't invent this myself. I can't remember who it was actually taught it to me, but when I'm doing something like that, I didn't know exactly where I was going to end up. I didn't get in there before daylight, you know. Yeah. We rode in there on the EV, parked, and when we started walking, it was just starting to break day, so I could see. And I was just oozing down that road. Um, and I, I knew kind of a general area I wanted to be, but I just didn't know where exactly I was going to stop. So I knew what my what my wind needed to be, and I ended up settling. I was we set that that stakeout blind right off the road where we could still see down the road about 100 yards, but I could also see down into this big bottom. I could see down to the bottom, and I could see this ridge from the side of a ridge. 
and uh we sat there and that's where um it was probably 8 30. i heard something i turned and looked and on the edge of that bottom i see a deer walking turn around throw my binoculars up and look i can tell it's a big bodied buck i can't see him that well so i tell jimmy what i see jimmy stands up gets turned around he goes to grunting and uh i couldn't as the first time jimmy grunted i couldn't tell if the deer heard him or not and then i sh lost the deer just couldn't see him so jimmy got louder and i was trying to see what would happen and all of a sudden here comes that buck walking dead at us through that bottom and jimmy ended up killing him yeah that's pretty cool it's just and you know you're talking about y'all are having you know y'all are shooting deer off the ground so jimmy shoots his buck he walks down there you know i'm filming him and everything jimmy's holding the deer you know talking about him you know he's fired up about to hunt and about that time like i hear something i spin around and look and on the ridge behind us there's a three and a half year old buck of some sort chasing a doe 50 yards from me just wide open a rut as you could possibly imagine and you don't see it like that very often and no <laughs> just as fast as it was happening it quit yeah it said bye-bye but you know and we ain't figured them out since no not here no we definitely ain't figured them out here it's a work in progress what did happen like i said last week is um we got the opportunity to go back to the river yeah and we jumped on that very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. The first morning, man, you hunted. They heard it. Uh, or sitting there, it's quiet. Duck started flying. And then you hear this low rumble. <laughs> and if anybody's ever hunted on the river, they know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Tugboat. I'm like, yep, we're back down here, boys. Yeah. Do you remember what else we heard that first morning? We heard turkeys gobbling. It was, I think we heard every species that lives in the lower southeastern hemisphere. <laughs> like they just made a hunt like awesome. We heard deer grunting. We heard turkeys gobbling. We heard ducks quacking and flying and whistling and tugboats and eagles. And Yeah, we heard eagles. So it was like, um, I'm trying to, th so where we were at on the river uh everyone that's probably most people on this podcast have heard us talk about togo island before yeah that's where brad hunts um and we hunted togo while we were at cottonmouth we would take breaks and go down there and brad would go down we'd film him or whatever um the neighboring property to togo uh, is a place called swamp donkey property mm -hmm. and uh what the deal is is so the guy that runs it has done an incredible job and he's gonna start doing like guided hunts next year and he invited us to come down there this year and again we heard hunting on the river and you're gonna be we were talking about how our rut shut down here rut should just start get kicking there we were like yeah we're gonna do that <laughs> say no more just tell me when to show up we're there yeah so do you like and where me and you hunted where we ended up killing that first buck was about like you're talking about it's like the most picturesque or, or just it was a very very something that you think about when you think about hunting in the mississippi river bottoms. yeah this modern day management practices and all that you think about native vegetation and timber harvest and all that yeah. coinciding together and you're just like wow this is picture perfect sitting in that big old select cut and then 
me and Jordan no sooner like we get into this uh ladder and stand and a select cut somebody may not know what that is sure sure so when uh somebody harvests timber and they don't want to just completely wipe out all their revenue and timber out there mm -hmm. they go in there and they actually select the wood the timber they want to cut mm -hmm. and that's why it's called select cut and it's not like a cut over yeah it's actually still trees out there that they can harvest from years from now or whatever right. they want to do with it it, you know? it, it kind of looks like it's like a hybrid cut over it'll have elements that looks like a cut over about it but like jordan said there's you still got a good many trees standing throughout there and mature trees and yeah. you know with uh what he did with that place he went in there and actually kept his mass trees mm -hmm. and that's what was so incredible to me about that property is so many mass trees on it and you don't see that on the river there, as much that's anymore. What we're, i could not believe how many oak trees were there yeah because we we talked about, i know we talked about it on the podcast we i'm i'm pretty sure that we all could name just about every oak tree on cottonmouth yeah if someone said i'm gonna go hunt the water oak tree in mississippi i'm about oh you're going to pocket yeah you know i mean that's just that where it was on that place there was water oak trees willow oaks nut owls which it, is freaking incredible for deer and turkeys yeah i mean that's a very very smart as a as a landowner and a you know a wildlife manager and a timber manager to keep those yeah. there because they're valuable trees for timber harvest of course but you know that i think they're even more valuable for wildlife yeah for me it was it was cool because i think about which you know and i didn't get into too many in-depth courses like this when i was at mississippi state just because honestly it was right before the right before the real in-depth classes that the call came to come work here and then i started doing online school but they would talk about management practices like that, mm -hmm. about intertwining timber management and wildlife conservation. And it's one of those things that you can read all you want about it. And sure, that helps. But to like actually see a place like that in practice. They call it a wildlife cut, I think. Yeah. And it makes sense when you when you see that. You're like, this is what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. This makes sense. But um, getting back to the actual hunting part, me and Jordan had just gotten into that tree on the first afternoon. And uh, I hear something, I look, and here comes a doe. And she was like 70, 80 yards when I first saw her, I think. Yeah, she, and, was, uh, she was pretty close. And she was and she was trotting, and I just, from spending enough time hunting down there, just deer hunting all together, and being what time of year it was in the river bottoms, I was like, with her trotting like that, there's a pretty good chance, yep, there he is, there's a buck. And it was like a three-year-old eight-point. He's beautiful. And they come running by us. I think they got to 50 yards. Yeah, pretty close. And we were like, okay, this is going to be good. It, it, it'd be happening. <laughs> They'd be partying here. We found them. Is, whenever you have a chance to extend the whitetail rut, do it. You know, I mean, like, why not? I've always dreamed about, like, starting wherever the earliest rut is. That I guess Florida, it'd be, I guess it? it'd be Florida. But yeah. talking about, like, you start upper midwest like first of november late october and then follow it you know yeah. i've always thought about doing that i'll probably never do it just because <laughs> but it's like, it'd be cool to do it you know you start like in wisconsin or wherever yeah. and then follow it down to tennessee and then come down here in december and it's happening again you know yeah i mean it uh i mean so that, that was probably the first you know first time i've gotten to do that and it was it was impressive yeah it was so um it was very impressive uh so we hunted there that evening saw a lot of deer saw a buck that we probably could have shot 
No, no, let me rephrase that. We saw an eight point that we would have shot. We couldn't shoot him. Yeah. The way he, he ended up coming out, he come out behind three does and um, threw my binos up and Jordan had a camera on him. We both were like, yeah, that's a deer that we'll shoot. If you were going to redneck it, you'd have had to thread the barrel between my legs. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. So, um, And it was getting close to last light. And it wasn't like a – he never offered like a just a give me shot. We, yeah. You would have had to force it, and I was like, nah, you know. That's so, when you mess up. Yeah. So, uh, but still, man, it was, we ended up just in that one afternoon. We saw like seven different bucks, and I don't know how many does, and they were all cruising. And we called one buck right up to the tree. Yeah. It was just like everything you want, you know, in a rut hunt. And we, were, you know, we talked. We we're like, man, I had no problem waking up that next morning. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going right back there yeah. and going right back to that spot, and uh, we ended up killing that morning. And we we saw some bucks early uh but nothing most of them were young and it was about it was like yeah we were like two hours without seeing a deer it's yeah. like i guess it's just that dead time you sure because yeah. i mean a lot of people can relate to this you know you get out there early in the morning you'll see a few deer right at dusk dawn mm -hmm. and uh then it just goes dead for whatever reason i've not figured it out but it seems like that eight thirty to nine thirty range you start seeing deer again yeah you know yeah you're dead on i don't know if they go bed down for a little while and then get back up and stir but i've seen that so like even growing up where i did in the pine rows like you'd see deer at mm -hmm. 8 30 to 9 in the morning for whatever reason yeah and this uh, we were like i mean it was right at right around 9 30 wasn't it yeah it was like about like that mm -hmm. um and it's it was one of those you hear the phrase you know going zero to hero Mm -hmm. that's exact like like you said it had kind of died off and i think me and jordan were talking and i heard something and i looked and uh so so we're sitting from our ladder stand like i said we described we're sitting and we're looking into this big select cut straight off my right shoulder if i'm sitting in the ladder stand looking out straight off my right shoulder the the select cut kind of goes and then it stops at probably about 120 yards yes edge there's an edge and, the then, and there's a road like and like a you know like a ranger road not like a road road but a road you travel with a ranger um there's a road and then it goes into big timber and i look straight off my right shoulder and coming out of that big timber into the road there just erupts deer and when I first see, I just see multiple deer combusting out of there. I thought something bumped them. I remember you go, but, uh, but yeah. the deer running. <laughs> just all of a sudden, they just came boiling out of there. I was like, something bumped these deer. And then I realized what had happened. There was one doe and like eight bucks. She was fine, too. She must have been. I thought she was sexy. Shoo. They was all wanting it. They was all chasing her. And she runs, bless her heart, where does she run? Right into the select cut towards us. And, and like she, I went back and looked at it. Like when she ran up in there, she like nosedived to the ground. Trying to hide. Yeah. Poor thing. And uh, it, it was it, honestly, and, I, and I'm talking like, I, I hope y'all can hear this as I'm explaining to you. I've never witnessed that, like what we saw. Yeah, I mean, like, the hardest rutting I've ever seen down here was that hunt I was talking about Brad. Yeah. Like, I've never seen, like, deer just flat out running after yeah. each other. And th there was, like, seven or eight different bucks, and they're about 100 yards away. We can see the doe. We kind of know the doe's in there. But, you know, she bedded down so quick, and then we're looking at it. We're kind of looking through tree branches and stuff. 
and there was the bucks were all like some of them were fighting each other some of them were still running around and grunting trying to figure out where the doe had laid down and for like a few minutes there i was just trying to sort out what was going on and what all i was looking at exactly. yeah and they like, ran what is that you know they ran right up in the same spot that that buck from the night before you couldn't get a shot at yeah and had, like you can only pick and choose where you can shoot at yeah. in there and yeah and so i mean i remember one time i was leaned completely over in the ladder stand and i look and right on the edge of the select cut two of those bucks were going after each other yeah. i mean like a full-blown fight um and as it, it kind of they all stayed there but the craziness kind of simmered down a little bit they all kind of started just kind of holding their ground there was that one one big buck in there he was he was standing guard over yeah. her and so it gave me a chance to kind of sort out what all was there and most of them looked to be like three-year-old bucks mm-hmm. uh and then there was one like jordan said there was one like four or five-year-old deer pretty much standing over the top of that doe yeah he was like and, i could see her ears in my viewfinder and he was like over top of her just panting yeah and he that dude was running at posturing up puffing up snort wheezing at any one of those bucks that tried to get close yeah and we were like look at this dude <laughs> just running the show and uh that was the buck we were like after we were gave a chance to get a good look at him and see and we've talked about on this before like I'm not the kind of guy to get just tore up over inches of antler. Yeah. You know, our main goal at that spot, um, which the, the you know, Mr. You know, white who runs swamp donkey, he, you know, he's trophy managing it for trophy deer, which age. I, a, a, but he does that off of age structure. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're studying these deer. When we talk about, we're studying, we're just trying to make for certain we're shooting a right age class deer. That's yeah. what, that's what we're trying to do. Does not matter what he scores. We're just no. making sure he's mature. Yeah. And so after we got a chance, everything slowed down. We were like, all right, that one standing over that doe, he's plenty old enough. Mm-hmm. But then the, it was just a matter of, how in the world do i get a shot at him he had to come what five or six yards to the left to be able to shoot him yeah but every time he would move he would either dart out to the left to chase a buck off and then he'd come right back and then you just it was i don't know how long we looked at him but it it took a while took a couple minutes to finally get a shot yeah i was grunting at him and bleating at him and and i said this on the video i was like i was never i wasn't trying to call him to me I was just trying to get him to move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just trying to get him to get his attention and maybe step out there and go, huh, you know, what's that noise? Um, but he finally got out there just far enough where I had a good, clean shot right at that front shoulder and was able to get him. I was so proud of you. I was so proud of me, too. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've probably talked about this before, but I always give you crap about shooting like deer like you shooting with a bow with a rifle. I like to see them flop yeah I, that's how i was taught to shoot them like when i was little i was taught you know pop them behind the shoulder even with a gun and so it was hard for me to break that habit <laughs> you, Truth, did, you did good this week truthfully it, it took I the mean, longest time because they're dead either way yeah you just it's a lot easier tracking one you see them fall it, it, it there's that and i mean honestly and think about it in this situation um so take that one for for instance which it doesn't caught me it honestly when they're in that phase of the rut it you can get away with a lot more but um if you're hunting the place not during the rut 
and you shoot a deer in that select cut and he goes tearing out through there that's you got to walk all through there leaving your scent all over the place yeah and if you're hunting somewhere if you plan on hunting somewhere near there again you know if you just drop them you just boop go get them and you're done yep so there's that i was proud i was happy i was tickled i'm still tickled best hunt i've ever seen really yeah okay cool I'm talking about like the hunt. No, no, no. I know what you're talking like about. That is the best hunt I've ever been on. Yeah, that was wild. I've never, especially down here. I, I even when I was working for Midwest in Iowa, I think I remember seeing like five bucks on one doe. I didn't remember seeing no eight. You don't like that. May we may never see that again in our lifetime. Yeah. Like just that. Like you may not ever see that. It was yeah. It was absolutely wild. I like. When I when I'm talking about like it legitimately was a few minutes for us to like sort out everything that was going on and all that madness. The craziest part to me is after you shoot this deer. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. This was the most like part that like solidified that this is the best hunt I've ever been on. Is Lake shoots this deer and KOs him, knocks him down right there. The doe jumps up and takes she takes out running well another one of the little bucks that were standing there wondering what in the world's going on takes out after well he hems her up 40 yards from where lake shot the deer and breeds her yeah i'm like oh my gosh skippy done done moved in i just remember because i was i was talking to you at the camera and i look up and there goes the doe and there goes a buck behind him I'm like oh, look at that and i mean it i turn around when i get the camera on her he's breeding her i'm like oh my gosh yeah i mean and that's like a two and a half year old buck yeah that big five six year old buck been standing over at doe all day fighting all these bucks off and you kill him and then skippy moves in he was there I i'm mean, telling you opportunistic but i made skippy's day by you shooting that dude <laughs> <laughs> it really like you you, you think about it kind of like you said you you know i th- i mean how many times i mean think about how many days do we spend deer hunting in a regular season and how many years have we been doing this and i've never seen that before there's 120 something days in mississippi deer season and i would say we probably hunt at least 90 of them yeah i'd I'd, I'd say we hunt 90 90 days a year for deer maybe not that much but pretty close yeah and i've never seen that yeah. i mean i've been doing that many days a year for i mean i did that before i did primos you know yeah. before mossy oak i still hunted that much mm-hmm. throughout the year and I've, I've never seen anything like that it was wild man it was wild and then the the thing that was encouraging too or even more wild is that when we would talk to brad and troy they were seeing the same kind of activity brad saw 25 bucks one morning in one morning with eight or nine behind one dope yeah incredible you don't you don't see that and it's not by (laughs) the place just being what it is it's that that way on purpose like why it's made it that way by managing it correctly and you know how i was talking earlier earlier about you hear how i was like learning in mississippi state about wildlife habitat practices and stuff same kind of deal you get taught by i mean there's education everywhere now for deer management qdma all that stuff and they talk about everybody's got their own opinion you get your doe numbers right and you know it it ups the level for competition the less number of does the more competition that's when you get the more intense rut activity that's what that was yeah you know i mean that's what that was 
I'm just happy I got to see a place like that for a couple of days. Yeah. Like, it was like, I mean, we, me and you both have been very fortunate and got to hunt, a, like, some really nice places. And that, like, I was like, I just am happy I've gotten to witness this in my life. Yeah. You know? It's true. I mean, it was impressive. Truly impressive. Um, yeah, and that's that's I'm trying to think. There was more. We had a whole lot more action, but it'd take two hours to just tell about that week. Yeah, it would. I'm trying to, yeah, and it already, what time is it now? It's about 9 o'clock. Um, so, you know, we had an absolutely incredible time at Swamp Donkey. Um, I'll go back there any time the door, the gates open. Oh my gosh, yes! Any <laughs> any chance I get, I'd go back there. Uh, incredible time, and I then made we this, made this offer to go down there and skin deer. <laughs> Can I come hang out? Uh, so yeah, we did that, and then we all exited and went home, did Christmas, and that brings us to where we are right here. We got back to Kudzu today. Today is Monday. Uh, December the 28th, as Jordan stated earlier, we hunted this afternoon. Didn't really get into much and uh, hit it again starting tomorrow morning. Yep. Jimmy has got an itchy, itchy trigger finger. I picked up on that. He He's even got a can on his gun. He got a silencer on it. Oh, gosh. So he can shoot multiple times if needed. So I've got my hands full this week. As if not having a can ever stopped him from shooting multiple times. He said... There's pigs here. I've got a chance to shoot three or four. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> that dude, one of a kind. Um, so yeah, we'll uh we'll wrap this up for tonight. Um trying to think if there's anything I've left out. Oh, shameless plug. Uh we're I'm holding a fundraiser from now. We don't have that much left. It runs through January the first. If any of y'all seen that goofy six-point season hashtag that I post on Instagram, a lot of y'all seem to like it, so we tried to use it as a way to do something good. So we're selling six-point season T-shirts, and every dollar of the profits is going to the Bats and Children's Hospital. So you can go to sixpointseason.com. That's the number six, point, and then season is spelled S-Z-N.com uh, and pre-order a shirt. It's going to a good cause. I think that's all. Jordan, you got anything else? Mm-mm. Cool. Thank you all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast, and we'll see you all back next week.